Welcome to Luke Jones Real Estate, podcasting with the real estate experts. Welcome to Luke Jones Real Estate, podcasting with the real estate experts. Our aim with this series of podcasts is to pull back the curtain on the real estate brokerage business and do a deep dive into who some of the unsung heroes are there out there in the business because brokerage sales really is a team effort. And as I always say, it takes a village to get a deal done in this industry. So if you're investing in an income property, purchasing your first home, refinancing an existing property, researching an opportunity, or even looking to build a career in real estate, it's important to get a peek into what all these experts really do and what they bring to the table to make it all happen. In this episode, we are going to look into the process we call escrow and what this important aspect of your real estate transaction means. For foreign buyers or buyers in New York, for example, who are more used to working with attorneys or solicitors during the purchase sale agreement, this episode will help you understand why escrow is a vital part of the transaction here in California. And for those seasoned buyers and sellers, then this episode will still hopefully have some great insights and good takeaways for you guys. Normally, our podcasts tend to look through the lens of wealth building through real estate, but this episode is going to be more um, of a kind of primer, if you like, and will appeal to all our buyers and sellers out there and go through the step-by-step process with uh, our escrow officers here today. So my guests today are two wonderful ladies who I've had the pleasure of transacting with on the last few deals here in my office at Keller Williams Silicon Beach. In fact, they are our in-house escrow. And we'll discuss more about what that means in a moment. But uh, escrow is a daunting process, and more than any other part of the transaction, it's where buyers and sellers have more at stake. After all, it's where the funds are being held. (laughs) Right? Yes, Yes, that that is correct. So having an escrow you can trust and having escrow officers who are clear and approachable is absolutely vital. I'm really excited to talk to you both today and learn more about how you help our clients and help us agents successfully close deals. So, Francis Sevilla and Sandra Crescento of Silicon Beach Escrow, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, there's two of you here, so I'll kind of guide this question first to you, Francis. What, what in a nutshell, is escrow? Escrow is a third mutual party, which means we handle um, mutual agreement between buyer and seller. Um, it all we follow instructions based on what's in writing and what's been approved and accepted by both parties. Um, we held smooth uh, transactions by making sure that uh, title issues are resolved, um, working closely with the lenders uh, to make sure that the buyer's loan is processed in a timely manner to avoid any delays in escrow. Uh, as I mentioned, clearing title issues if there are any on behalf of the seller. Um, any uh, be a third mutual party and when it comes to credits between buyers and sellers agents and clients we're pretty much here to make the transaction as smooth as possible not just for buyer and seller but for the agents as well so there's a lot of different people in that process yes. so you kind of sit in the middle of everybody yes but who who are your clients are the clients both the buyer and the seller or how does that work in reality, <laughs> buyer and the seller. Buyer and the seller. Buyer okay. and the seller okay. are our clients. And then you're working with title and the bank yes. in order to facilitate the needs of both the buyer and the seller. That is correct. Interesting. Yes. So so the neutral aspect of that, Sandra, the, the, the neutral aspect of escrow is very clearly defined up front. That is correct. 
Um, yes, once we have, of course, instructions by both parties, then we proceed and make sure that everybody's in agreement, then we do our part to make sure everything is done the, the correct way. So how would that neutral aspect of escrow be evidenced? Like, like what, what would be a good example of we how escrow is sides. neutral? You don't pick sides. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't explain pick more, sides. Explain more what you mean by that. Um, we don't give our opinion. We don't um, give advice. We don't give advice. Okay. Um, we don't, if buyer and seller are not agreeing, we inform their agents. Okay. And once um, it's in writing, that's how we proceed. We don't, um, if the seller does not want to, if the buyer wants a certain credit from the seller and wants escrow to take charge of that, um, in the most polite and nicely way, we let them know that we're not able to do that on their behalf. Okay. Um, because both buyer and seller are our clients. Both buyer and seller need to have trust in us. Um, both buyer and seller um, need to really, really believe in what we do. Okay. Um, why? Because at the end of the day, without escrow, there's no transaction. But if there's no transact, if there's no buyer and seller, then that trans- no transaction. there's no, trans- no transaction, transaction either. Okay. Yeah. So, so in order to have a transaction, you've got to have two willing parties, buyer and exactly. seller. Exactly. But then you also have to have this neutral third party yes. to kind of make the transaction make it happen. happen. Happen exactly. Okay. So an example is if the lend if the buyer's lender is not performing at its speed rate to be able to close a transaction, say a thirty day transaction, mm-hmm. and let's say the seller is selling this property but is purchasing a new one with these proceeds and the time the time frame is crucial for them. Mm-hmm. Um some, sometimes, many times, clients can get a little frustrated, a little overwhelmed, and it's our job to try and push every party involved, involved in the transaction to help us be able to satisfy both sellers and buyers' needs. And go back to the, the, the verbiage and the words that are in the contract as a kind of bedrock of what you're all trying exactly. to achieve. So, so make sure that everyone continues to be on the same page exactly. and reinforce, exactly. go back to the, the wording and say... Exactly. You know. So if we're two weeks into the escrow and we really haven't heard from the lender, we get both agents involved. We let right. we, we let them know, okay, this is where we are. The close of escrow is approaching. We haven't received... And we haven't received uh, much um, word from the buyer's lender. Please assist and advise. Okay. Um, why? Because that way, if op- we do a lot, as much as we can... Um, not get the agents involved in what's our job to do, but sometimes lenders do listen more to the agents that than to escrow. Mm-hmm. So getting the agents involved, getting the listing agent involved pushes the selling agent, selling agent pushes the lender, and it helps escrow while we're also pushing. So, so you're, you're uh, expeditors. Exactly. And facilitators. And, okay. Yeah. So At the a, end of it, it's just the, la- the communication. Yes. Communication. That gets right. the transaction going. As long right. as we keep the communication out there within the buyer, seller, and their agent, and even when there's a lender involved, it, it all works out at the end. Yes. So now um, I asked a minute ago, like, who's your client? So typically when, when you write an offer, um, it's oftentimes it's a seller who has a choice mm-hmm. of escrow because mm-hmm. oftentimes, like, the listing agent will have the relationship initially. And, exactly. And so, mm-hmm. so in those circumstances, can it be quite difficult to build that trust with the buyer if they don't know who you are? Or what's your? how do you engage initially with that new buyer client? I think what, uh, um, 
I think one of the major um, pros that helps us is when we send out the wiring instructions. One, of course, we introduce ourselves, who, who we are, um, and we instruct them, please give us a call. Please confirm these wiring instructions. Mm-hmm. Do not wire your funds without speaking to your escrow officer right. first. Correct. At least me, as you know, I've been a buyer and and transactions before, it, it gives me that vibe like, oh, they're protecting me. Mm-hmm making sure that I don't wire or my email didn't get hacked right. or, uh, you know, I'm not being a victim of fraud. Right. So it at least, it, it makes them feel like, okay, I can I, I, I can trust them, yeah. you know, yeah. to pick up the phone call. We introduce ourselves. We try to give them that comfort to know your your mm-hmm. funds are secure. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have questions. Well, if what if I don't, the inspections don't pass and am I going to get a full refund back? As um, as third mutual party, we pretty much instruct them. You know, this is a question you mu- you know you want to ask your agent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your agent is responsible for the contingencies to know when they need to be removed. Um, make sure that um, they're not removed until you have inspected the property. Right. Right. So they feel comfortable. Like, okay, so how do I? Wh- when do you come in? When do I need to be in communication with right. you? And that's where we come in. If it's regards your escrow package, it's if it's questions um, on documents, documents, any help, assistance. Our our first priority is making sure that they're comfortable with us. Mm-hmm. And if they have questions regarding the forms they receive from us we always offer for them to meet with us in person so they know who we are and that's really important you guys listening out there is is that is a really you must feel that you can communicate directly mm-hmm. with your escrow officers because they're there for you and i know it can be a daunting process and there's a lot of paperwork and it's a mountain of paperwork and but really they're there to help interpret all this stuff for you and break yes, it down that simply is and kind of walk you through the process also as as you know like you know, when when we get into contract, we've gone through all those agency forms and yes. all those car forms, and then you get the escrow package, which is again another bunch of different and forms. So it's like yeah. the the two the two sets of forms are, are meant to be there in alignment with one another mm-hmm. and convey the same detail. Yes. So it's really important for you to feel if there's something on the escrow package that doesn't seem to fit with what's in your you know agent contract or whatever, call them. You know that's yes. what they're there for, and they're there to help you. So, so let's start again with the, let's let's go through the buyer first. So, so maybe walk me through, Sandra, like the the escrow process for a buyer. For What's a buyer, it? I guess the first thing is for sure is getting the deposit in, making sure that they're comfortable, that they're no that they know that their funds are going into a trust account and that they're safe with escrow, and of course guiding them through the whole beginning process of what's required, especially when they have a lender involved. What's the requirement for the lender? A lot of the buyers have questions when it comes to the terms of the loan, mm-hmm. which we try as much as we can to assist them in that that position when we're in that position however that's when we get the lenders involved um, with answering questions Um, and again um, the process of after the signing of the loan documents and what comes after and the funding and of course then the closing and how how the transferring of the deed to from the seller to the buyer it's it's pretty much um self-explanatory but we're there down though because you covered a lot of things there so so first and foremost the earnest money deposit needs to be wired into a trust account. Into a trust which account. Which is non-interest bearing, right? That is correct. And now, is this an account that, that is at a bank of your choosing, or does the, does the client have a choice where it goes? No, it, it, we have a, our own bank account that we have set with the with our with our company. Okay. And that, that's where the funds go, and they're safe. And they're safe in they're there. They're safe in and, there. And, and, and crucially, 
no one can touch them, right? That is correct. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Okay. Just to leave it clear, only her and I have access to that account. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. So then, so then the money, the earnest money deposit, goes into the trust account, and 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 by that point, you've already kind of like talked to the buyers, and then. It sounds like the next step is really for you to be that bridge between the buyer and the lender. Is that correct? Yeah, when it's a loan involved, yes. Okay. When it's an all-cash transaction, it's pretty much um, it's direct contact with the buyer and right. keeping them informed where we're at. Um, usually their agent does that for them, but we like to keep them in the loop to see, well, this is how far we're gone once contingencies and we're ready to move forward with you wiring your funds to close mm-hmm. and then, of course, the releasing of recording for tra- the transfer of ownership. Right, right. And so and so during that period, after the money has been wired in and you're communicating with the lender, you're then going off of the contingency period that's been spelt out in the contract. That is correct. And so what I like about what you guys do, which is really neat, is, is you kind of spell it all out in a very graphic, kind of graphical way. So mm-hmm. you can kind of see it with different colors, like when the dates are, yes. and when it should hit on your calendar and everything. Mm-hmm. And so then your your job is to, is to communicate those dates. Those dates. We pretty much communicate to both parties, and especially for the agents, mm-hmm. to make sure that we know where we're at and throughout the transaction. How, you know, if there's any, we pretty much put it out there. If there's going to be any credits, you know, please let us know. So we that our job is to inform the lender. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the lender already knows because the agent, the buyer's agent has already provided that information. But we want to do our part to make sure that the lender knows and there's no, it doesn't fall through the cracks and we come to closing and the lender doesn't approve any credits. And, and I know that what you guys said um, is that you're not there to, what's the word you use, whether you use the word choices Take or you're not, you're, not, you're not there to give opinion mm-hmm. or whatever or insights, but but what you guys do do, which which I think is important, is you you interpret what the objectives are for mm-hmm. both sides. That is correct. Because sometimes it feels like both buyer and seller and listing agent, selling agent, they all might be on the same page, but they're just all getting confused exactly. over like semantics or what have you. Yes. So sometimes you guys can kind of come in there and go, look, it sounds like you all actually want to achieve the same thing. Maybe this is how you want to be doing it. Yeah, correct. Okay. That is correct. And, and the other example I would say with that as well is sometimes when there's a credit, like you said, the way that banks can look at credits can be confusing sometimes. It needs to be, you know, is it, it a production price or mm-hmm. can it exceed the amount or all those different kinds of things. So, again, you can help explain to the clients, yes. the buyers and the sellers, it sounds like what you want to achieve is this. Yeah. Therefore, the best course of action might be this, this. this way. Yes. Correct. And we do right. do that. And um, we try to explain it in a way where the client um especially if it's a credit from the seller to the buyer, where the buyer doesn't get the interpretation that, oh, you just don't want the seller to give me that money because we've had that happen before. Mm -hmm. So we try to explain it to her like, no, 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 it's not that we don't want the seller to credit you that much. It's just that your lender is not allowing that much credit because of the terms of your loans. Um, The the credit cannot exceed your closing costs and your closing costs are only this much. You're getting a credit from your agent. You're getting a credit from the lender. Sometimes as escrow, we also provide credits. All these credit is exceeding your closing costs. I go, but I'm going to send an email to your lender. I'm going to include you in that email and pretty much round up everything and I just verbally explained to you so that your lender will come in. Lender comes in, everything we've explained, lender explains Explain it as well, it. and he's like, oh, okay. So they see, like, okay, everybody's in the same page, everybody's right. telling me, so then they feel comfortable. Okay, I understand now. And then we draw up the amendment, and we sometimes, by the time we close, that credit still reduces. Right. Because right. the closing the costs, costs start, go, go, start going, going down. down. Exactly. So they know, and um, 
we make sure we explain that to them and sellers as well because the sellers like oh why am I giving less of a credit now and we explain them we explain the, the, process, the, the same process, process the same process just how does it concern the seller how does it concern the buyer sometimes um, newer agents are not aware of what the processes uh-huh. are and our job that's one of the benefits that the agents here have is our job is to educate right. the agents right. um, that are just starting newer right. agents and it's very helpful because they're learning as we're going. They have, you know, two escrow officers that have been in the business for 18 plus years and they feel comfortable. Oh, okay, so I can tell my client that. I'm like, yeah, we're going to let you tell your client. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a great segue, Sandra. So let's talk about that, uh, Francis. So, so you're in-house here. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between an in-house escrow and an independent escrow? The difference between an in-house and an independent escrow company is in-house escrow company can only process um, sale transactions for agents within the brokerage. Okay. Um, we're licensed with um, from the brokerage license, so only agents within this office were allowed to process escrow transactions. Um, and only so you couldn't work on sale transactions for outside no. real estate deals? No, okay. the agent has to be licensed with the brokerage because that's how we're licensed. And to be clear, that's whether it's a buyer or a seller. One of the agents has to One be in this agents. office. But for the most part, most, like I said, most listing agents choose escrows. So I'm guessing the majority of your transactions are going to be sellers. Sellers to sellers. That is correct. Side. Yes, right. seller right. side. Um, just because, as you mentioned, seller's choice. Yeah. And uh, agents have relationships with their escrow company, and, and a lot of the majority of the agents here is with Sandra and I. Um, so we um, automatically get to process the escrow. Okay. Um, okay. And, and so what are, the, what, are, what are the advantages of in-house then? What's the, what's the real plus? One, we're in the same office. Uh-huh. Agents have e- easy access to us. Third, um, clients come in. They get to see not just agent but escrow, even their TC if they're within this right, office. Right. Um, they get to come in and sign everything at once, mm-hmm. card disclosures plus escrow documents. Um, another advantage is we build um, a close relationship. We get to see each other every day, talk to each other every day. Um, once you build a personal, more close relationship with the agent, those transactions just start coming in smoother. Why? Because they know how we work. We know how the agent works. We both come from non. In, uh, we come from independent escrow companies. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes, and I that's so different. We see, so see pretty much difference, difference okay. because you don't have. I think the the difference between in house and independent is the communication. I mean, the communication is there. It's just that you don't have the agent actually there, and it's. It's harder to keep a communi- the, the relationship with the agent because you have you're handling so many different transactions mm-hmm. when you're you're doing an independent escrow company right, right. and you get different agents from different companies and I mean the business comes it's there it's still take the client is still being taken care of it's just different here because here you're building the relationship with the actual agent and you have them here and any questions or concerns especially when you're running into problems uh-huh. you know who your agents right here and it's just having it's just. Having communication with the agents over the phone or email, mm-hmm. it's much different than actually yeah. in, person. in person. Doing it in person. Yes. And, and I can speak to that because I'm literally next door. <laughs> so, so I'm actually here on, on the fourth floor 
of our office here, and, and, and I'm in the corner. I have a corner office, and, and right next door to me are, are Sandra and Francis. So in fact, I hear you through the wall sometimes. So, um, so you know, and, and, and to be honest, that is one of the, the best things is to yeah. be able to just pop next door and poke my head in and say hi, but also just check in and yeah. ask you guys questions. Yes, sometimes really stupid questions that you know. No question to, is ever no question stupid. Is ever stupid but yes. I, sometimes I feel like it is. But, that's, <laughs> but um, and so and so then then the other thing that I was thinking is is that is there maybe um, if you're an independent escrow company, it feels like you're always having to chase down like client that business, is yes. find new business, yes. exactly. stuff, which can be very stressful and maybe yes. take it, your eye it, off the ball in terms of yes. being transactional. Yes, that is correct. It requires a lot of outside um, PRing. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, when are you there to take care of the client? And, correct. Yes. Yeah, which I guess would make potential conflict in terms of. You know, you might yes. choose one deal over another because of the fact that, that it might be, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I can I can see that there could be a challenge. Yes, because an independent escrow company, you can work with any agent in any office. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for that to happen, the escrow officer has to go out and PR and obtain that obtain business. That business. Mm-hmm. Well, while that escrow officer is out... Pretty much her assistant or assistants, depending on how busy her desk is, are the ones really running the files. Right. Which means the escrow officer really doesn't have full hands in the file gotcha. as we do in a in-house yes. escrow company. Gotcha. We have the relationship with the agent and we have full access and know what's going on in the file. And the other thing that I think is my takeaway, having worked with independent companies in the past and now working with you guys consistently, because it makes sense because you're mm-hmm. next door and you're here in the office and we have a great relationship together and all that stuff is great. But the other thing that I, I notice is that you're here, mm-hmm. like, you, you, like you're consistent. And I know that, that, that you're, there's someone's going to be in the office, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're reliable, whereas with independent companies, I do get that sense that they're out there hustling to yeah. kind of build their book of business and all that kind of stuff and, but now let's you know let's play devil's advocate because that's only fair what what like are there some pushbacks that you've had about working with in-house are there are there downsides or the perception of a downside for clients when um not really really yeah um is, is there a feeling that the, the only the only thing i can probably say is um there's busy months mm-hmm and sometimes we're, our, our brain is literally just nonstop, 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 nonstop. And sometimes in the mornings, especially, we're working on, on fundings and closings. And um, if the agent comes in, we literally have to stop what we're doing and attend to our agent. And I'm guilty of that. You know? <laughs> I, I know I'm charming and everything to you guys, but I'm sure you're saying, oh, my God. I'm like, here comes Luke. Here comes Luke. But, you know, you have a lot of very busy agents in this office. Yes. I'm sure if, you know, one of our major producing agents, Jesse or James or whatever, walks in and, you know, you have to go see to them. So it, I can imagine that, every that must agent. be pretty... Uh, every, every agent. It applies to all agents. Every agent. deal volume. Yes. You know, you're going to have a lot of yes. files. On yes. Yes. So, you know, we have to stop and attend. And it's not just a problem. No, it's just sometimes we're in the middle. We're li- and we're limited to time, especially when it comes to funding yes. and sending out wires. Right. Yes. But, of course, our and priorities to keeping the client yes. happy, and especially our agents, because of them, we have we our have business. The business. So it's, a, it's a good problem to have that. Yes, it's a good problem. That's why I said not really, mm. but it's not a problem. It's a good problem. It's just sometimes, like, I tell her, I feel like, oh, my God, was I rude? And they're like, no, you're fine. It's like, okay, sometimes I, I answer your questions, I attend right. you, and then I go right, right. back to right my back fundings, in. right back in, and I'm like, oh, 
so, oh my the, God. so the core difference being that, that when you're in-house, you are, you're there with the agents available. and, and they're, We're they're available. there with you and mm-hmm. you're available mm-hmm. yeah. and they're in your grill. Yeah. Yes. And then, but then if you're independent, you get more maybe autonomy and you're on your own, but then you're also you have to out there because you've got to mm-hmm. go out there and out hustle there. for business. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Now, when it's a um, in-house, we have that form that we have to fill in, right? The affiliated business yes. disclosure. That is correct. So explain again what that is because a, a lot of folk out there will have seen that when, when contracts, when we get into contract and you're like, wait, what's this affiliated business arrangement? It's pretty much, uh, it's... Um, Keller Williams, the uh, Silicon Beach and Silicon Beach escrow, it's pretty much owned by the same owners. However, they're, um, you can say independent, right. but affiliated. So they're, they're, they're separate entities. Exactly. Right. Right. So Silicon Beach escrow is its own company. Yes. Keller Williams Silicon Beach it's is its own, own company, that but, but they're owned by, by the same owner. The same same. Owners. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's quite common, you guys listening out there, that, that, that oftentimes with in-house you know, it'll be owned by the same folk, but but it doesn't mean that they're, you know, not able to act independently of one another. Exactly, exactly. That's why when um, uh, there's pretty much it's like how an independent escrow company would never get any card disclosure signed for the agents, for the guys. We act the same way. Right. We're not allowed to have, to send out car forms to buyer and seller because they're not our forms. Right. Uh, that's how you can somewhat to how we're what it means. We're, we're two separate separate companies. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, tell me a little bit more about the structure. So, so you've got all these files. Um, how do you divide everything up? Do you work as a team, or do you work independently, or what's the what's so the we're internal business structure? partners. Okay. We both work with the same agents. Okay. Um, we divide the files. Okay. So, for example, if four files come in the same day. She opens two, I open two. Okay. Um, How, however, we both touch each, each other's files, files, so we know what's going on what's going in case on. she's not in. I know what's going on in her transaction, so I'm able to assist the client. So is it mm-hmm. like a lead point person assigned to each file, and then the other person is just always covering Exactly. In? Covering, okay. yeah. Covering just, okay. so for example, when you get that opening email, welcome, you know, congratulations, mm-hmm. welcome mm-hmm. to Silicon Beach Escrow. My name is, let's say, Francis Sevilla. I'll be your escrow officer along with my partner, Sandra Quisanto, which means I would be your main point of contact. Mm-hmm. However, she would stay CC on all the emails because if I'm out or I'm on vacation, she takes the lead. Gotcha. And vice gotcha. versa. Mm-hmm. And then who else is in your team? Like there's there's also our wonderful assistant Ingrid Alvarenga. Okay. So, <laughs> so what is Ingrid? How does she insert herself into the process as well? Is she there to back you guys up, or is she there as a she's there to process to process our files, our transactions? So any documentation that goes out comes from her. Okay. Any questions? I mean, if she's not if she's not able to answer a question regarding a form, of course she gets us involved, but the majority of the time, she's the one that's assisting the client on how to complete the form. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she pretty much she does sends the middle. The she's package. our middle person. Yeah, she okay. sends out the opening packages. Um, if clients have questions, like how she said, she'll help and assist, guide them through most of the time we do DocuSign, guide mm-hmm. them through the DocuSign. Mm-hmm. She receives the opening packages. She checks it in, make sure that they're filled out completely and correct. Um, we can um, tell the client how to what to fill on the form. However, if they're blank, we you know she lets them know what information needs to go there, and she helps us order demands. Pretty much process the file to allow us to um, close the file 
and um, in compliance. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then um, you do you provide notary services as well. Is that right? Is within your office? We have as I mean, of now. We notarize some stuff. Yes, before, yeah. Right? We hire uh, third-party um, mobile notary services. Okay. However. We will be having a notary soon, which Ingrid has already signed up oh, to take yes. the test. So yes. now that we have that, well, we won't have no issues. Yeah, in I the think future. the perk the perks of that is we we have three um, mobile notary co- uh, companies that we use and hire. But having Ingrid become a notary is just saving saving the, some money, for saving the for the clients, yeah. saving money for the clients. And and I think it's worth pointing out as well that that, that there's obviously a fee for these services, yeah. and, and you know nothing's for free, right? But but like the more that you can internalize the process, mm-hmm. and also in house, I, I got to imagine is invariably cheaper, right, than, than using an independent maybe? Or what do you think? It's all competitive. It's not competitive? It's all. Like, it's all competitive. competitive. Right. Yes, gotcha. yes, um, depending on the area that you're in. Okay. Yeah, so we our, our rates are competitive to another uh, in-house escrow company as well as to an independent escrow company within the area. Mm-hmm. And we can compare the fees in the Marina del Rey area with the fees in Beverly Hills. Right, right. You know, it's all within the area. And and the other thing that, that agents will should be doing and will often do is, is getting like a net proceeds sheet that will break down all mm-hmm. those fees so you can kind of look at the expenses stack and sort of mm-hmm. see where it's all adding up. That's another perk that the agent has by using in-house escrow is not in, not all independent escrow companies would do that. Oh, really? Yes, oh. because they're, uh, let's, let's say, let me say it in a vulgar way of saying it. They're working for free. Right. We don't work for free. Right. We don't see it that way. Because all those net sheets that we provided to you eventually is going to pay off when you give us that transaction. Gotcha. That's the way we gotcha. see it. Like it's not we're working for free. It's we're helping you build your business, mm-hmm. which will benefit us in the in the um, new future. In the future. And I also see different levels of detail from the net sheets that I'll get from Title versus the net sheets that I'll get from you. And then I have my own idea of what cost should be, and then we can kind of triangulate and mm-hmm. sort of get smart on on the process. So mm-hmm. that way we can all look good for our clients. Mm-hmm. You know, by sort of breaking it down, yeah. chunking it all down, because that's one of the big shocks, right? Yeah. For, for the real estate process, that is, is, correct. is you know, it's expensive. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it makes when an agent goes to the listing appointment, going prepared already with a net sheet of showing them. Okay, sometimes we do two, three different purchase price. Mm-hmm. If I list your property in this, this, and this, this these is are your costs. This is what you're going to be netting. They see that and it's like, oh. Okay. And also, a lot of your costs are a percentage of the price, right? Correct. So that's very important for yes. people to know because mm-hmm. if the price then goes down, then... then Title fees, really... escrow fees, and commission to agents are all based, all on, based on the price. purchase price. Right. Same thing as and transfer, transfer tax. tax as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so, so listen, switching gears for a second. So, so as you may know, our company is built around three pillars here of action, community, <laughs> and freedom. It's what drives me personally, but also very much in my business. So quick fire round here. Let's go with you, Sandra, first. What, what three things drive you personally and professionally? Uh, I like the fast pace. I like being on my toes. Communication is the key, and I just love what I do. I've been doing it since I was 19. No way. So wow. I'm not going to say my age, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love it. So and love yeah, it. I, I didn't know what real estate was. Uh-huh. And being in this field actually guided me through my home, my, the purchase of my home. So uh-huh. I, I love it. But 
to me, the key point is communication. Communication. Communication is what keeps... Fast pace, community, so like, you like action like me. I, yeah, I love being kept on my toes. Okay, um, Running, I'm a chicken without a, with my head cut off. That's how I feel. <laughs> I, I love being you tested. You thrive on that energy. Yes, okay. I do. I love being tested. And what about you, Francis? What drives you personally and, and professionally? Number one, the challenges. Each file, each transaction gives you a different challenge, which is a with whether it's a good one or a bad one. It's always a challenge, and I love challenges. Like you're a problem solver, you like to yes, fix I like things. to fix things. Yes, okay. I really do. Um, as, as a young kid, were you the one tinkering away still trying to am. fix stuff? You still are? still do, and not just in my professional uh, life, but also in my you personal like a good life. Puzzle. Yes. Yes, I really do. Um, I am the problem solver. I'm the youngest of five, and um, a mediator as well. Then yes, okay, mm-hmm. that's great. Yes, um, second one is trust. Okay, um, it takes trust um, in the business and work field with anyone, not just with the seller, the buyer, the agent, but also with your teammates, mm-hmm. with your team, um, with the owners, you know, with management. Um, Trust is, for me, it's the number one key of being able to open and close a transaction successfully. And three things. What's her, so you, problem solving, trust, and... And um, as what she had mentioned, communication. Communication. I think communication is, is um, very important. Without communication, there really isn't a transaction. Right. Um, not just what's in writing and paper, but also what it said via emails, verbally. Um, if there's a problem... They, you pick up the phone and, you know, let's try to solve this. And sometimes working together with the entire team, as you say, it takes a village to mm-hmm. close a transaction. Mm-hmm. If that village is on, on track and on the same page from beginning to end, sometimes those problems don't even get to the seller or buyer. Right, right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you've done a great segue. Because <laughs> what I wanted to, to wrap up with here is, is, so what we like to do is kind of beat out two scenarios. Mm-hmm. One that's like awesome the best transaction you can imagine, <laughs> then, then the worst. So, so walk me through, like, what would be an example? I, I'm sure it's one with me, right? Which is just perfect. No, I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm joking. Like, walk, walk me through, like, the, the perfect, easy transaction. For me, personally, um, a perfect transaction is, um, and it doesn't even matter if there was little hiccups, but a perfect transaction is when the escrow officer and the agent have a really um, uh, strong uh, communication and trust, the escrow can go smoothly. And I've had that happen. Why? Because right away they're informing, okay, my client, there's picket clients. And if the agent notifies that to the escrow officer from the beginning, then me as the escrow officer, I will know how to handle Mm. that seller. As if the agent didn't communicate from the start that their clients are needy. Right. They like this. They like that. When you send the email, give them a call right after. Right. If none of this was transmitted to me right before we before we open escrow, yeah. um, the client can get upset. And they said, "But I told my agent. I cannot say. Oh, well, your agent did not tell me that. Right. Of course not. I'm not going to say that because that's just going to make you as the agent look okay. unprofessional mm-hmm. with your client, and we can't have that happen. Right. But when the agent provides all the information I need to know, not just for the transaction, but how what their client's needs are, it runs smoothly. Right. Same thing with the buyer's agents. Um, once we send out that opening email, please special you know provide you know special, special instructions, instructions on how to 
submit communicate with your client. Once I have that, if I have that communication, because sometimes that allows me to have a good communication with the selling agent Mm -hmm. who I don't have that trust built. Um, but they provide that information with me when I close escrow and I send out the clothing email. I get two happy agents with two happy clients. Yeah, exactly. That's how a smooth transaction runs for me, when I have good communication with the agents first. So it sounds like the, the, the initial setting the, 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 the tone yes. is vital. Yes. So that, early, that exactly. early part of the process. Exactly. Interesting. Yes. Bad transaction yes, is me. not having communication with your agents. Okay. When, uh, when something starts off shaky, sometimes it's hard to try to get back on track. To get back on track. Um, and it's not your job necessarily to kind of like, you know, give opinion on how exactly. it should be done. Exactly. You know, right. Exactly. We cannot tell anybody how to do their, their, their job. job. Pretty much their right. job. Yeah. Um, that's when a we can call it not necessarily a bad transaction, but a stressful transaction. Mm-hmm. Because we'll get it closed successfully. Um, but the trust with the actual buyer and seller uh, can stop, uh, can start off rocky. And sometimes to build that strong, we've had it happen where it's had happened to both of us, but closer to the end, clients were happy. Uh-huh. And they'll be, we started off rocky, but everything went, worked out, worked worked out, out at, at the, the end. end. And boy, I imagine like there must be many situations, mostly I work with sort of investor types, as you know, who look at things in a very kind of mm-hmm. in a particular way, let's put it that way. But, but I'm sure oftentimes you'll have like big emotional sales with, you know, divorcees yes, or, yes. you know, multiple family members that are all at each other's throats mm-hmm. and God knows what. And so you guys... Those are the stressful ones. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, so yes. again, setting that tone from the get-go. Yes. And making sure that they trust you. Exactly. So you're not seen as the bad guys, but mm-hmm. you're here to facilitate, True. hopefully, coming together at the buy and the seller. That and, is correct. Right. Um, and sometimes, like you said, there can be multiple sellers um, try to communicate with each and every single one of them to, in their tone of voice or in the in their emails. Try and read them, see how we must approach each and every single one of them. Yeah. So psychology one on one. Yes, <laughs> actually, so, it's true. <laughs> I bet, I bet. So, so if there was one thing that you could take from all of that, that that you could apply to the the really lumpy, difficult transactions and say, if we did this, we know it's going to go better. What would it be? Listen. Listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. You listen to them? Yes. To them. Their needs. Their listen needs. to their needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. It's their yeah. needs and yeah. wants. And what about you, Sandra? Do you agree? Yeah. Yes. Is there anything else that you would say? No, just listen and see how you make it work with them. Like, make them trust you. Uh-huh. Um, because if they don't trust you, then you it's not going to be a smooth transaction. <laughs> so that builds trust across everything mm-hmm. right just listening Listen. hearing yes. what the they want yes wants. yeah exactly and it's how you said psychology 101 and we you know we laughed is at some points we do become counselors we do become you know what do counselors do is just listen they just listen that's it they listen and you just if it's a stressful transaction due to a divorce or due to you know parents being deceased and you inherit the property how hard it is to let it go some siblings want to sell it some don't we have to listen mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. let them talk and then pretty much um, inform them of how we can proceed based on their needs. Um, that way, everyone will be in compliance. And at the end of the road, um, de- you know, depending on the situation, whatever their needs were, they'll be happy with the conclusion. 
Great. Well, that's a great way to wrap up Psychology 101. (laughs) Thank you so much, ladies, for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And uh, once again, thanks everyone out there for listening to Luke Jones, podcasting with the real estate experts. Thank Thank you, Luke, for having us.